Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Hello, everyone. Today's episode features Cheyenne Varner, who is a doula, designer, photographer, and writer located in the Richmond, Virginia area. We first learned about Cheyenne through her online shop, The Educated Birth, which provides educational materials for birth workers to help in preparing the families they support. The great thing about the materials is that they do represent the diverse families within our community. We are extremely excited for her next venture of The Educated Birth. But before we get into that, hello, Cheyenne, and welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> As you guys were setting up, I like put chapstick on, even though no one's going to see my face. <laughs> we do that too, so it's fine. <laughs> Can you start by telling a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, my name is Cheyenne. I grew up in New Jersey. I was born in California, actually. Grew up in New Jersey. Uh, went to college in Richmond, Virginia, and have stuck around here ever since. Um, I have a, a nonprofit background. I spent my four years at the University of Richmond studying a, an interesting course of study that I created myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was called Educational Activism in the Arts. Oh, wow. Um, really interested in learning how to use the arts as an educational tool to make people aware of important issues, which funnily enough is exactly what I do with the educated birth and, and the magazine. So at that time I studied modern day slavery um, and human trafficking and uh, how people could use art as a tool to make others aware of those things. Yeah. Um, then I worked in a nonprofit that worked in sort of the inner city community in Richmond uh, for three years after I graduated. And then I learned about doula work and um, a lot of things came really full circle for me in that. And that's where I've landed. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your doula work and the organization you work with? Yes. So, um, so I'm self-employed. After I left the nonprofit world, I went fully self-employed as a doula and a graphic designer and photographer and writer. <laughs> when you All the sometimes you gotta wear lots of hats. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, as a doula, you know, I have my my own business, but I also partner with a, an organization, a collective called the Richmond Doula Project. Um, which was inspired by the New York Doula Project, um, which some folks in Richmond had attended the Decolonizing Birth Conference that gets put on by Ancient Song Doula Services, and they had learned about uh, a collective of folks that were dedicated to centering people of color and LGBTQ folks in birth work and providing affordable services to the community. Um, And so... Folks had gone out there and learned about that and brought that back to Richmond. And as that was all sort of uh, beginning, I got uh, wind of it and became a part of that collective as well. So, Got it. Um, I just, I wanted to hit back on you saying like things coming full circle for you. I 
I always love to hear how people got into doula work or birth work in general. And I was, why I'm bringing this? Well, I was talking to my sister a while ago about how like it's okay for things to shift for you. I mean, I was a psych major and I do special ed, but now I do also doula work, but they're all connected. And so it's just great to hear how like your course of study, things that you were interested in and how it's now all coming full circle. And so it doesn't always have to be this like, I'm going to do this. This is how it's going to work out. It's okay if it shifts a little bit and it is all connected. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just me sharing a random thought, but I just always love to hear how people got to birth work and, and why they were drawn to it. Yeah, and something that I tell people often, so I'm the oldest of four um, children in my family, and my mom, like, when she was pregnant with my first sister, um, I'm, like, seven years older, Mm -hmm. so uh, I was reading all her pregnancy books and baby books and really just into knowing all of the things, Um, and for a while, because I was so interested in her pregnancy with my sister and my brother later... Uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll be a doctor. Yeah. Like, maybe this is why I'm so curious about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then by the time I got to college, I was not uh, interested in going into medicine. I just didn't feel like it was the field that fit me exactly. Um, but that, that like, sort of magnitude of curiosity surrounding pregnancy and mm-hmm. everything, at that point I thought, well, maybe that's just because I'll be a mom one day and that's where that is. And I just this morning was thinking and I was like, well, maybe it was because I like I'm supposed to be on this part. You know, right. like I'm not a mother myself at this time. Like I'd love to be a mother in the future. But I had always just assumed that, you know, that curiosity meant like its purpose was my personal motherhood. Yeah. Where now I'm like, well, maybe its purpose was this, you know, work that I'm doing that pours into this birth community even if I'm not personally experiencing it right now. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, can you tell us about the mission and focus of the educated birth and, and how you began that work? Yeah. So the educated birth began when I became a doula um, and started, you know, I'm a very visual learner, very hands-on learner too. Um, and so I wanted to implement those kinds of materials into my work with my clients um and i couldn't really find that many materials to begin with yeah Um, then obviously as a woman of color myself i wanted to see things that reflected me and my mom and my sister and my aunts and the people that are in my community and that i knew i wanted to work with and i really couldn't find that um so the educated birth began uh at the start, a way to create those materials that showed people of color. And then as I learned more and more about inequities in the birth world, that even that expanded to be like people of color generally and people who um, are approaching birth from different gender identities and just different life experiences uh, of various kinds. Got it. That's awesome. Um, Can you describe how everyday birth magazine then came about that came from that um yeah so the educated birth is really geared toward birth workers and saying okay these are educational pieces that you can bring into your business and use with your your clients so that they're prepared for 
the birth that they're choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Everyday Birth magazine was born more out of a desire to just touch parents one-on-one, like just more so for parents themselves, like things on your mind, your stories, your concerns, and um, your communities, you know, your communities generally. Um, And that happened when I was in my own OBGYN's office. (laughs) 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 Looking at magazines and being like, hmm. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was like dealing with some of my own health stuff and I was very frustrated with um how I felt unheard and not taken seriously and patronized in my experience and sitting in that waiting room thinking about um specifically pregnant people waiting to see a doctor and I just wanted something there that would be affirming to someone mm, and right. um, that would also be empowering to, you know, have pieces in it that say like, yeah, you can ask your doctor these things and right. you should, and they should answer. And so that's where Everyday Birth magazine came from. Okay, cool. Great. When will you release the magazine and how can the community gain access yeah. Okay. So, uh, everyday birth magazine, there's everydaybirth.com okay. and that's where it will be. You can also get to it from the educatedbirth.com. Um, but that's, you know, it's space and there are pieces that have been coming out over the past few months, um, on the blog at everydaybirth.com. The vision is really that this would be something that is always going on, right? We're always having these conversations um, and telling our stories. Uh, But the print magazine, the print and digital magazine for the spring and summer issue will release on the 15th of April. So just not very long from today. (laughs) And congrats on that. (laughs) It's like birthing a baby. No, yeah, Yeah. definitely. And (laughs) I guess like a six, seven month journey, um, maybe a little bit longer since it was just an idea. Um, and there have been, uh, I don't have my contributor list, but over a dozen people who have given up their time and skills. And I'm just so grateful to each and every one of them because what makes this also really beautiful to me is that the educated birth is something that I just did. I, I just do. I sit in my living room and in my bedroom and I make things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the magazine is not something that could exist on my own efforts. Those other voices and input um, have made it into what it is. So I'm excited. Um, other than the release of the magazine, are there other things the community can expect from the educated birth? Um, so yes, of course. From the educated birth, I think a couple of the things that I am, you know, looking at as I look forward, I want more language inclusivity. Uh, So I'm working on that right now. I have some Spanish translation of materials that have come out. I have someone working on French. um, And I've had people reach out to me about Italian and some other things. And so I also, you know, like I pay my translators. I'm like, I don't expect this work to be just volunteer and done so 
it's going to take some time for those things to happen. Right. Making sure that I'm compensating folks for their time and skills. Um, so that's one thing, more languages. Um, I'm just, I'm always like uh, on the lookout for feedback from folks who use the educated birth materials mm-hmm. to see, you know, what would be helpful. Um, and so I, I'm sure there are going to be some, some more things there. Uh, with the magazine, this first issue has really been, um, you know, it's a pilot. And so it's going out there and I'm going to also be having my ear to the ground to hear what people liked, what people didn't like, what people want to see more of. Mm-hmm. Um, I really see more stories being more heavily involved in future issues. Um, so I'm looking forward to out of this first issue of community sort of forming that can help connect Native folks who have stories that they want to share. Um, but it should be a place where people talk about food and pregnancy and birth and culture and pregnancy and birth and, you know, understanding insurance was yeah. like a big and money is a big thing for me. I want to, to put things out there that are very practical and hands-on and like, this is where you can go to access X, Y, and Z. Right. <laughs> and let's just take the mystery out so that folks yep. aren't missing things that they could have had access to if only the system were not so convoluted. <laughs> right. <laughs> comes a maze and like a treasure chest, like, Right. Find the X. Like, no, like it should just be available somewhere. Yes. Oh, right. I just, I love the idea behind your work, the mission of your work, the the inclusivity of your work um, is, is, is so wonderful. And I know like when I first, when I even started first looking for things to use with my clients, I'm like, I just... I don't. I do not have any bone in my body to graphically design anything. So <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna like make this this work. And not even just like you know having the pictures, but also the language mm-hmm. within um, your work is is just really helpful because it makes it um, easy for me to share with families and them to them to understand. And even things like you know, in reading some of your blogs that I didn't even think about. Um, and as I'm going into my own birth, um, thinking about those things. So just the, the overall concept of your work is just, is really wonderful. Um, and I'm so glad that it's expanding and you're finding um, support to get that out and that people are going to have access to it now. So, Right. I used some of your materials just last week with a client um, going through like a mini childbirth. and. Yeah not just having information about what mom is going through during right. labor, but also having a side about what baby is going through. Right. I don't think you really find no. that as often. No, no, not at all. Not at all. So then, you know, like when we're telling clients, well, the reason we want you to get in this position is because we want to do this for the baby. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, you guys are working together. Yep. But again, like you don't, <laughs> we don't, there's not a lot of conversation around the fact your baby is also a process is a part of the process of growing within your room but also coming you know to the world Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I think um language and just how all of those things are framed is so important and takes a lot of refining I've found like it has been a process since I started Mm -hmm. you know there was one point last year where I went through all my materials 
and I needed language to make sure everything was really gender inclusive too. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that like for folks who have different pronouns and things right. like of that nature, like what for folks who have pronouns that are like what people generally expect, they tend to like not notice if the materials are really inclusive, you right. know, in language, but folks who have a pronoun that might not be what someone expects of them, that's going to really speak to them. And that's something that I learned as I did, right. you know, this work and then was able to, to bring in. And so um, even just hearing you talk about like talking about the baby perspective as you use materials, like no one has really brought that up to me before. So that's <laughs> here because now it's something that I can have a mind for as I move forward. And so, um, yeah, I think this year is a lot of refining of mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll always be that way. Right. Whatever kind of work anyone does, we're always refining our work to make it, you know, more polished and, and better. Right. Nice. Um, how? So you've talked about this a little bit, but just how can someone find out more information um, about the Educated Birth or the Birth Magazine or get in contact with you? Uh, Instagram is a great spot to find out more. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, and then the websites, theeducatedbirth.com and everydaybirth.com. And you can contact me um, through any of those channels. I have contact forms online and you can always DM me on Instagram. I'm very comfortable <laughs> <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Perfect. Well, is there anything else you want to share with listeners, resources, advice, anything that you think is important to leave with? Um, oh, there are a couple things. So one other thing that I'm actually remembering that I'm trying to do this year, I want to do the Educated Birth, like a gift program. I want to make donations from the Educated Birth to, you know, like midwives of color who are pursuing their, you know, oh, wow. yeah. their education or, you know, groups that are, uh, I, I really want to like donate materials uh, licenses for some digital materials to groups that are forming that are doula, you know, community doula groups and yeah. things of that nature. So I want to spread the word about that. Um, that will be, there will be like information and forms coming up on the Educated Birth website and okay. I'll post about it on Instagram within the next uh, month uh, or so. So that's something that I wanted to say. Um I'm really excited to see things going on in the birth world right now. You know, there's a lot more attention being given to inequities in birth, Mm -hmm. even just, you know, in articles generally with Serena Williams' experience and her talking out on that. Um, And then NPR did like a big thing with Politico or something like that um, about how black parents die in childbirth. and I've seen two Kickstarter campaigns recently, one about uh, pregnant people who are dealing with addiction mm. uh, and what that looks like. Yeah. And mm. another one that is talking specifically about just trauma in birth mm-hmm. generally that happens between parents and providers and what it has looked like to fight for justice for those things. So um, I just want to, yeah, say that because... You know, there are folks who might be interested in jumping on Kickstarter and seeing if they can support those documentaries. Um, and 
I see fundraising campaigns popping up all the time for different groups that are doing doing really good work. And I think, you know, we have to make it happen, right? right? <laughs> a lot of incentive and, and the sort of higher levels of power, right. unfortunately, to to put a lot of investment into this kind of work. And so, um, yeah, I think we have to be the stewards of that. So. Well, thank you so much um, for your work and thank you um, for sharing your work with us and also for, for being on the show today. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, go to lgdoula.com.